everyone, I'm Anna and I'm Clau and welcome to another episode of Design Fever. Today we are reviewing chapter 15 from Meg's History of Graphic Design book. After World War I and Civil War, Russia entered a political trauma. During this period we see international influence to, Rus to Russian graphic design. Russian absorbed Cubism and Futurism and joined them together calling Cubo Futurism creating a wide range for experimentation with type and graphic design. So the Bolsheviks had a news agency, which was called Rosta, Russian Telegraph Agency, in 1917. So through this, uh, they produced Red Army propaganda and posters. We can see here the use of coarse paper and handmade editions to express the poverty of pe peasant society. The Bolsheviks used extensive illustrations of exaggerated social and historical events to appeal to the large illiterate population. Casimir Malevich founded a painting style called suprematism, using basic forms in pure color to express feelings and not pictorial representations. He rejected both utilitarian function and illustrative forms. He seeks the expression of feeling, no values or ideas, no promised land. So there was this ongoing feud between the art people. <laughs> um, artists were divided between it serving a purpose or just being art for art's sake. In 1922 is the year Alexei Gant makes an attempt to explain the three principles of contrastivism. Tectonics, which means the unification of communism in visual forms, texture, and construction. So now we arrive to one of the most interesting artists of this chapter, at least for me. He is called Lazar Mark Markovich, or most known as Lisicki. He would be the one to take constructivism to the Western world. He would show them the asymmetric diagonal axis and unbalanced weight, which were characteristics that prevailed in this movement. Like Lisitsky, Alexander Rodchenko experimented with type montage and photography. He was interested in descriptive geometry with analytical precision. In 1921, he abandoned painting and turning into visual communication. He produced designs with strong geometric construction, legible lettering, and pure colors. His heavy sans-serif hand lettering inspired the bold sans-serif types that will be used in the Soviet Union. Also, the concept of serial painting was applied to graphic design by Rochenko. He standardized layouts, creating consistency. During the years following 1917 revolution, the Soviet government demanded social realist paintings. The steel movement was launched in the Netherlands in 1917, seeking universal laws of balance and harmony in art. Artists like Mandrian and van der Leck reduced their visual vocabulary to use of primary colors, neutral, which means black, gray, and white, rectangles, square, vertical, and horizontal lines. So according to the book, they This movement started with the word schön, which means pure and beautiful in Dutch. So they're basically saying that beauty arises from purity. And I really love their approach. For me, they do achieve harmony in such a unique way. 
and fun fact for the chapter of the chapter. Fun fact of the chapter. So, Vandersberg was the founder of the magazine The Steel with Mondrian, and they stopped doing collaborations when Vandersberg published his theory of elementarism, which declared that the diagonal is more dynamic composition than principle than horizontal or vertical. I just think that's funny. <laughs> It is. We can see in 15-49 picture as an example of tight projects. Vandersberg and Schwitters brought back Dadaism complementing it with steel movement, even though they were opposite. So later on the chapter, it is mentioned that constructivism is mostly spread through Poland, Hungary, and Czechoslovakia. Some of the more important artists were Henrik Berlewi, which published his Mechanofactura theory, and Landislav Sunta. During World War I, Russian suprematism and Dutch steel movements were isolated from each other, but keeping Cubism as a base. I think what I enjoyed the most of this chapter was the search of unification of social and human values through visuals, that and the level of abstraction of ideas, how they could convey so many with so little. In this chapter, we can appreciate the use of forms and color, as you say, to communicate using Dadaism and Cubism. We see a step forward to culminate the graphic design what it really is for, communicating. Thanks for joining us in this week's episode. Hope you learned something new.